Hey, everybody. Welcome to another crew call. This is crew call number 3-4, April 2021. And I'm going to be talking with our returning champion, Mike Confalone. How you doing, MC? I'm doing good, Mike. And uh, how are you? Of you know, course. For an old guy, not so bad. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, um, I'm kind of enjoying things opening up just a bit here, you know, having a glimmer. And um, I had our mutual buddy Dave over the other day, and he had, uh, I think he had a good time taking some pictures and, and just kind of exploring everything that had been done here. Mm -hmm. And yep. uh, we never got to really, I mean, he was here for, for several hours, but we really never got a chance to operate. So we're yeah. trying to coordinate another, uh, another time where he comes over and we actually run some trains. Right. <clears throat> and this will be the first time anybody other than me We'll try using the um, the waybill system, you know, which mm. seems, seems weird because I've been using it for over a year, but I really don't have any real world, you know, people other than me use of it. So I would be astonished if there weren't some. Well, I mean, and maybe he'll just pick it up and use it, and all will be well. But he might he might have some suggestions or or feedback that'll make me go, gee, you know, I should put this info on it, or mm. um, you know, maybe maybe he will say, well, it wouldn't be this routing. You know what I mean? You know how Dave Yeah, like Dave. I, I think, though, with the system itself, I mean, he's he's so used to using it up here, and I think it was mirrored after this, essentially, with only the basic information. I, I think it'll be just fine. And I, I would be astonished if my regular ops guys didn't just pick it up and start using it. And they might have an occasional, what do you mean by this? But I, right. I'll bet. You know, mm -hmm. I'll bet it's I'll bet it's uh, I mean, you know, enough time goes by between me using it that I have to relearn it for crying out loud. <laughs> yeah. And you really won't get a full appreciation for it until you, you've got a session going and the waybills are actually in circulation, so to yeah. speak. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, that's the real true test of it. And then the sort of um, perpetuity aspect of it, where it just blends into the next one and the next one and the next one. That's well, I mean, it's I, foolproof, you know, it's I, I did a test of that, actually, because if you recall, the last time we talked about this kind of thing was probably around this time last year. Hmm. And um, I had been operating for about a month at that time. And you'd been, you know, ob obviously deciding to operate regularly for longer than that. Right. But, um, you know, so I did I did all of that. And then I got into that that uh, that vicious local building binge and then. Uh, I got into the let's get Taylor and and uh, Pittston and Ransom presentable binge. And really, I've only started operating again a couple of weeks ago after a big, big, big cleanup. So the funny thing is, I just picked up where I left it off, just like yeah, just like yeah. designed. And even though mm -hmm. it had been all that time, months and months and months and months, I just started from that point. Like riding a bike, really. It's just well, it tells you, know. you that the the concept is sound because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. if you can just pick up where you left off, that's that's what we were talking about. You know why why have to start from scratch? The only thing I did was restage a couple of trains in in staging. Yeah, it's it's foolproof. I think it's a great um, it's a great system, and as long as you don't let things get out of place, uh, as long as the cars or with the cards, with the waybills, I should say, not, don't use the word car cards, but as long as the cars are with the waybills, that's the key. Um, 
Well, you know how scatterbrained I am. I mean, I know I've left your house a couple of times with oh, packets yeah. of cards. <laughs> and I I, I, yep. I routinely get back to staging and go, oh, where did I leave that train pack? <laughs> yeah, right. Do I do that here? You better believe it. But, you know, as soon as I realize it, I immediately march back to where I left it and, and grab it. So, I mean, there, there's always going to be that element of it. That's easy because they're in a pack, you know, it's like, okay, I have right. a block of these cards. Let me just find the block of cars and you can right. match it up fairly quick. It's when they start to, you know, if this is separate, you know, not a block per se, but individual cars, if there's no card, if there's no waybill with it, for whatever reason, then it starts to get a little hairy. So it really is a self- um, Perpetuating. Sort of, yeah, it's self-perpetuating and it kind of polices itself, you know, as right. long as you follow some basic rules with it. There is more. Um, yours are two. Let me just refresh. Those are two-sided yours? Yeah, let's re let's review what, I, what I'm doing here because it's been, I think, a long time since I actually talked about it on the on the podcast. Right. Um, I took, I took like, um, I tried to make it even easier for me than what you go through mm -hmm. based on feedback from you. So I was able to create a two-sided card that was basically in and out. So mm -hmm. uh, at some consignees, for example, they're a load in. Some of them, they're an empty in. But the inside of the card tells you a consignee, um, the routing, um, you know, the obvious, you know, reporting marks and, and, uh, and, and road name and what kind of car it is and just basic information. It's less detailed than yours because I'm using these not so much as a, I know you really like waybills, but for me, it's just the means to an end. I want to know what to do with the car, both going to and, and, and returning. So um, on the other side, there's, there's gateway information and, and routing if need be. So uh, my gateways are Allentown, uh, Buffalo, and uh, Binghamton. Now, who's just to interject? Where did you learn the word gateway? That sounds hauntingly familiar. That was something you came up with because we needed a word. <laughs> that's a great word. So really you came up with it. I thought, well, that's obviously the word. Yeah. Well, it's a railroad <laughs> word. It's a real term that you know is used, and it's uh, it makes sense. It just kind of like when you hear that word, wow. Okay, it just kind of if you're familiar with railroading. Um, you yeah, know, real Kansas City, Chicago, yeah. St. Louis, mm -hmm. New Orleans, gateways. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Exactly. Uh, I mean, for me, gateway is a euphemism for which staging yard is this heading towards, right? Yeah, yeah. And and if you know that, and you kind of know the railroad a little bit, it's it's actually pretty simple. So the things that I've had to remind myself of or keep aware of are what's the optimal blocking because you know if you have a southbound road train as opposed to a northbound road train the blocking is opposite one stops at mahoopany first and then pits then the other one does it in reverse so your blocking is is different yeah um right. mm -hmm. and i've made some operational changes based on new information received so the mahoopany switcher is actually doing a little more stuff out on the road which will please i think uh uh, our upcoming operators there, no, no end. Um, right, absolutely. And it, it reflects actual practice back in the day. I don't know if you noticed on crew call, but 
our buddy Tony V has been posting some amazing prototype. Oh, yeah, there. I have seen amazing. that, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I imagine the chief is curling up with that stuff, too, because train sheets and all of that are just, you know, right up his alley. That's right up his alley, yeah. Mm -hmm. But Absolutely. I think that, um, you know, for example, we used to call uh, the, uh, the piston switcher WPPJ10, thinking it was Philly division, but really it's New Jersey division in my era. So okay. That that mm -hmm. switch is now WJPJ10. Okay. Okay. And and there were a number of locals out of out of Pittston in that era. You know, there's PJ11 and 40 and uh, mm. and and 20, I think. Uh, and looking at it, there were different numbers for them on different days of the week. So, mm -hmm. you know, there might have been a, a Monday, Wednesday, Friday job, and then a Tuesday, Thursday job, and then a weekend job. You know what I mean? And it might be the same engine. But uh, they're they're going to different places, you know. So right, I'll right. probably handle that. Like each obsession would be one of those jobs, right? Right. And right. Then, then the next session, whether it's me solo or the next group session, would be the next day of the week, you know. So mm. like three days of the week, I guess, is what I would cycle through. Yeah, and I think that's what makes it interesting. That um, also this is what makes it imperative to operate regularly if possible in order to get through those different days of the week so it's not the same every time but if you you know if you're if you're doing it regularly it's it's there's the natural variety will make itself rear its head you know and you'll be able to see um from session to session that there there are differences if you wait a long time between sessions it's harder to notice the differences because you can't remember what you did last time no that's so, true you know so if you're doing it regularly you can say oh this is pretty cool because it's not this is not the same as the last session. This is different, um, even if only slightly. But you know, those little um, those little differences make uh, all the difference in in the, the sort of prototype fidelity. Uh, because railroads never, you know, every day is a different day for a railroad, even if it's a, a small railroad. It's not. It's very rarely the same exact sequence of events. That's right. Day. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Uh, I've been pleasantly surprised at how the variety kind of happens organically and sometimes it actually produces a situation that you didn't expect you know sometimes you have more of something than you thought you would or a mm. lack of something and you need to run an extra you know to to, to address that um you know the interchange with dnh has has thrown a whole new wrinkle into the thing as as has the interchange with <clears throat> with PE, which isn't all that active, but the DNH yeah. interchange is real. Right. So, and this was something that, that happened uh, almost daily uh, on, on, on my line as well, because the Pittston local was going up Taylor secondary to, to, to Taylor and doing one of two things. It was either going over to Stouffer and Kaiser Valley industrial parks, or it was going into Scranton to do Chamberlain and, and Poly High. Right. In each of so all of those days were were opportunities to leave any interchange for DNH or on the way back to pick, pick up any interchange from DNH that was going to going to Conrail. So um, that was a regular occurrence there. It didn't all just happen in um, say Allentown, right? So uh, having to account for that has been interesting. Uh, I, I I began to just try to you know do some things to sort of create that. And, and basically, once you have the, the waybills uh, that, that would designate that, 
Now it just kind of happens. It, it, it comes down to what's in staging. Uh, in fact, one of the moves that I make, which we never did before, was, as you know, we run WASY10 out of Sayre. Mm-hmm. But there might be cars that come from Allentown that that local needs. So literally, some of the cars from will run from staging to staging, and then I'll take those cars off in, in Sayre staging and make up WASY10 with them. So that yeah. those cars wouldn't run in that session. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, with your railroad, you have so much that has not been tested. Right. In real time, you know, I mean, it's really virgin territory at this point because, you know, there's been so many changes, so many additions, and it's, you know, just when things had started, we stopped, you know, so, um, so it's really kind of like starting from scratch in a way. You have a waybill system, a lot of new territory, right? The interaction between all these new components, I mean, it's just a lot. So you're going to, it's going to take a long time to really flush it out, to figure it out, to see how it works. Uh, see where the snags are, see how many cars are on the railroad. Is it too many, too little? All the positions being filled, the, you know, the multiple yards you have, it's going to be, you know, a, a major undertaking, but a good one, but it's yeah. going to be, it's gonna, not going to run like a well-oiled machine right away. It's going to take some time to, you know, just figure it out. And, um, and that's part of the fun. things in our favor though. Um, I mean, I think, I think you guys are going to find it really a lot more fun. But you know how we've kind of scaled down in terms of the number of trains and numbers of people that, that are in an obsession and all of that. Mm-hmm. I think that works in, 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 our, in our favor here because, you know, it's not going to be that got to make the schedule kind of deal. You know, the, you know, the, the, the northbound Conrail train is going to run first thing in the morning and, the, and you won't run the southbound until later on in the afternoon and in between it's 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 locals time you know so i don't know i don't i don't think we're going to be tripping over uh one another all all that much. no I, I don't think so at all i think it's just going to be a it'll be a the challenge will be there but it'll be a good challenge i think the days at least for our group you know and i can't speak to anybody else out there really in terms of what people want or would like to see or would like to do or can do given the circumstances, of course, that we're still in to some extent. Um, I think the days of big sessions are over. Yeah. Um, And when I say that, I mean, in my case for the Allagash, I'd say no more than five people. Yeah. Um, And even any circumstances aside, um, I would say maximum five people because and in your case, I don't know if I'd go too much more than five, six people, you know, on oh, the I point. Agree. you know, just because again, it's this year off, so to speak, or this weird year, which is continuing into another strange year. It's just, you know, that the, like you said the other day when we were speaking, the restart will be jagged. Right. right. And uh, whatever. So we're not going to talk about all it those is what it is, right. things. It is what it is. But I think it's for me, and I'm sure you're realizing this now that you're running again. Um, the actual experience of operating uh, on a slower, you know, with a slower pace on a smaller scale is more relaxing, more interesting in some ways, and in a lot of ways, more prototypical. You get, you're able to get immersed in it, eat more well, easily. 
I think we could still be immersed in it before, but I think there were so many, and we'll get into the sound, the discussion of sound, of course, yeah. as part of the discussion here, but I think the typical experience for a rail fan in your territory or in my territory in Maine, in that era, was one of a single train. Right doing its work either either you know a road train going through a scene or you're following it chasing it whatever or you're watching a yard switcher work or watching a local you didn't see all those things at the same time all the right. time that's pretty so that's the 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 uh the problem with quote traditional operating sessions and i could think of some people out there that have these prior to the, the situation we're in here um had these you know say they were monthly mega sessions with you know 18 people 20 people to run sure. the railroad i'm like that's ridiculous now i'm not saying it's ridiculous that it's a bad thing but it's not something i think i would want to do because i've you know we've had some experience with larger sessions i think the most people i ever had here was like 12 and it was total bedlam chaos and this is before the allegash was really established and blah 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 do, do you remember little, that last session i did before i took the layout down prior to the addition project, uh, there had to be 10 or 12 people here. Yeah, I don't remember it specifically, but if it was, it was too many people. Oh, it was nuts. I mean, it was it was fun and good to see everybody, but it was it was like herding cats. I mean, really. yeah, it's just it just it takes away from the prototype feel of it. And you know, that's just not the way typical uh, experience trackside experiences are. So there's something to be said for having, say, five guys on my in my layout. Uh, running the, the railroad where we don't really we're not even interacting all that much now yeah there'll be a tr the, the thing that's missing now when i run is i don't have an opposing train to to meet there's no or, radio chatter there's no radio chatter which those are cool little elements but they have to be limited because the uh the overall experience just becomes chaotic we're spending a lot of time and a lot of money and we'll get into the discussion of that of course about hmm upgrading sound um, and getting to a point where it's so good. Now, when you start to introduce um, lots of people operating in the same room, even if it's a big room, it starts to get, you know, cacophony. It starts to get too loud and, right. uh, and it's, it spoils it. It's been uh, a long, long running problem at, yeah. at Madrid because that's a choke point for, for basically two different activities, right? Trains are coming yeah. in and out of there. Yeah, at Madrid, plus everything going on behind you. It is. And, you know, I th when we start operating here again, you know, we'll have to we, there will be less people. We will have some interaction there. But and I think you have to strike a balance like having a solo operating session is fine for certain things. It's great, but it's not the be all end all. The, the right. key is to find a few a few people. Um, and don't worry about getting through the quote schedule because that, no, there's no schedule to get through anymore. Yeah. It's just no schedule to get through anymore, <laughs> which, really because which after, you know, when I realized um, that I thought I can stop whenever I can can this train right here. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, but that's prototype. I, I find it interesting that nobody came up with this, um, years before. I mean, this is an epiphany or whatever you want to call it. But I mean, I, Susan, you, my wife, for all those who don't know, Susan, um, used to say to me, this is prior to COVID and all that, say going back a few years when we were really in the heat of, I mean, we were operating here every six weeks, every five, six weeks. Right. As soon as you guys left 
a session, I'd be sending the email out for the next one. I was just so gung ho and rah, rah, rah. She's, she used to say, and I used to go mad trying to, you know, the preparation for a session was hours and hours and hours. It was ridiculous. A lot to keep up with. Oh, ridiculous. And she's like, why don't you just run trains, go down and run? I'm like, they can't do that. I can't. No, 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 no. You can't do that. You can't, yes, run, you can. a, can't run trains between sessions. So everything will get screwed up. You know, stuff will be out of place. And no, no, no. I have to wait till the guy. And I used to worry about, or I was concerned with, maybe it's just because I'm a nice guy about making sure pe that people who came here were entertained and, you know, we're having a good time and enjoying the railroad for what it's, you know, for what all it is. And if there's too instead many people, of, that instead, becomes a real issue. Yeah. Instead of being concerned with satisfying myself first and foremost, because it's my railroad, you know, and um, you can do both. It's, I guess is what I'm saying. You can have people here and, and run the railroad to have a great time. You can also do things yourself. If you don't worry about this calendar and this clock bull baloney, I was going to say a bad word, but um, I almost did. Um, I'll say it if I can, let me know. But anyway, um, so you just, we, if we haven't had an accident yet. So let's see. If we okay. We'll keep it. That way. We'll keep it that way. So if you operate in perpetuity, you know, it just simply, it doesn't matter where you are in the cycle. Now I go through, I'm specific in my night and day thing. Like I have a, a day session and a night session. So I just finished up last night with a night session, you know, the end of the night session. And so for me, there's a little, I have to have that night ops in there. So, you know, I have to time it so that that, because I know I'm not going to have an op session someday with just night operations. You know, we've done that in the past where we turn the lights out, but it's a total chaotic situation. You know, we got an hour and a half left. Let's shut the lights. Everybody's sweating there. You know, what's off and hot as hell. It's 80 degrees down there in the middle of August. And, you know, now we got to shut the lights off and have an hour and a half of dark so I can get, you know, my, you know, so I can enjoy that when everybody's sort of like, tired and wants to go home There's so one problem we won't have here you know the climate control yeah well you have the uh, i have super dry conditions with the with the humidifier but right i i mean you know there's been some sessions where i remember when joe fugate came out oh my god he came out in the stuff you know five or six summers ago whenever it was i don't forget forget the year and we did the whole ops live video and oh my god it was the middle of the summer and i remember it, that it was like 85 degrees maybe it wasn't 85 but i bet it was 82 or 83 in that basement was a lot of bodies plus yeah. you know you, you get you the get hot lights in there while you're trying to switch it weld with a with a video camera like yeah. just from your head mm -hmm. <laughs> and all the lights on all day and right. just so i guess in in summary the whole thing's just got to take a little bit of a chill and uh, and we got to enjoy it more and not worry so much about, you know, get it done, get it done, get it done. Well, I want to, I want to touch on the, on the, on the day night thing, but I wanted to just finish up the thought on, on canning a train. Mm -hmm. So when I decided I was going to do Pittston Yard, the um, you know, the scene, the scenicking of it, I had trains in staging and one of them was ALCG ready to go. So I ran ALCG out of staging, which was Al, that's Allentown to Cortland, right? Uh, Corning. I mean, Corning, not Cortland. Corning. <laughs> I didn't say Cor I did not say Cortland. That's you want to do New over York. on that? Yes, I do. That's okay. Cort. That's New York. Thanks right. Um, Corning. So it ran over the whole railroad. And when I got up to YG, which is an interlocking between Durea, that, that flyover, and Piston Junction itself, I just canned the train there. That train sat there for six months. <laughs> and when, I, when I started operating again, 
I got Pittston Yard organized with the yard switcher. And then that was the first train coming into Pittston Yard. And it was seamless. It was like, mm -hmm. it was like the, the interval never happened. And that's when I thought, yeah, somewhere Confalon is smiling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I know there's been, I've been um, applying pressure tenderly, but I have been applying pressure about getting back to running. And I'm sure... You're I'm learning what works with me, aren't you? <laughs> I, I am. I know. I, I know how to press push your buttons and all that and stuff. Don't worry. Um, and I'm hopeful. And and vice versa. I, I absolutely. <laughs> uh, that's why we're we're such good friends. Right. We can, we can do that. Um, I I am hopeful, however, that we won't be having any more conversations with um, you know lack of operating for months and months. And I, I think you've reached the end of that. I really there's, do. I there's just no need, you know, I exactly. Yeah. One of the next it. things I'm going to do probably is I was talking with Dave about, you know, the, the, um, the 84 lumber spot and the former technical ass footprint. And mm. what is, what is that? That's you build a Pike stuff type building and put, put a couple pieces of track where they need to be and do a little scenicing and, it doesn't really interfere with with anything, you know. So no, no, it's, it's you'll never have to take the railroad down again. I really don't think so. Don't, and that's a great so. thing. The, that's a great only thing. The thing you know? that could potentially cause an outage is, and this is at least a year away, at least, mm -hmm. uh, would be if the if so. What I what I plan on doing in the oil tank room is still open to debate. I mean, I basically want to get everybody's input on that, which can only happen in, in person. And when they're, when they're looking at it and right you now after they've run on the railroad a couple of times, but there could be potentially a mainline relocation to do what I'm thinking about doing in there. Now that's not a giant deal, but that would by definition, uh, you know, cause an outage until you get it restored. You know what I mean? But that's yeah. the only thing I can think of construction wise that would right. cause that yeah, and that's, that's a, not that's for a, a long time that's isolated it's um it's not a um sort of a global um effort to finish scenery in various areas to bring it up to you know minimum standards and it all it's just that's one particular little project you do it and at the way the rate you do things I give it a couple of days and you'll be done. So it's not a big I'm not, I'm, I don't think I'm going to start it for a while because I want to yeah. run, run a little bit. But I was yeah. thinking it might be a nice, neat little summer project. You know, as you guys, you get into the hot weather, maybe July, August. Good time to be downstairs, you know, in right. the cool, just kind of having some fun, fun doing that. But again, like, it, you know, it shouldn't interfere with with, with anything else. Do you think in summer of 2022, when you say summer, you might tackle oh, it this summer? Oh, okay. I thought you said a year away, you said. No, for the Technoglass thing, the oil tank room thing. What was the other thing? 84 Lumber. Oh, 84 Lumber. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's a over... project, you know. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. There, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, no. That's, that's, that that's is fine. now the last un unpresentable area in the original basement, you know. So mm. it would be to, to kind of have that done going into the fall would be both doable, fun, and high impact, you know, which is a nice, yeah. a nice combo. And it's not really, again, it's just, it's not going to really, I mean, the DNH is ballasted even, you know what I mean? So there's, it, it would be a very, compared to the ransom project, it would be cake. Right, right. It's easy. Yeah. And that's the great thing about, um, it almost, um, you know, like I look downstairs and I've got a, the, the Martin Spur 
and I've got the E-Sticks field footprint. The E-Sticks field was redone. The mill buildings are in. The track's in. It's operational, but I, you know, there's no scenery. So I look at it and say, oh, one day, someday, whenever, when I get time, when I'm able to do things as we've talked about. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, it doesn't, I'm not under no pressure. To That's get coming up though, but I would think that killer backdrop on the on the Martin Spur there would cause you to want to do that one first. Oh, that's first, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's. Um, speaking I'm, of backdrops, uh, the backdrops that that you redid for me, um, and that then that your printer printed, are so orders of magnitude better than the old backdrops that they're replacing. Yeah. Same yeah. photos. I know that it's completely changed my opinion of them. You know how we were, yeah. we were yeah. sort mm -hmm. of, you know thumb in our nose at uh, at the time of day that the tunkanic backdrop was shot and sure like, sure yeah doesn't hit me that way anymore i mean it's not ideal but it is so orders of magnitude better yeah that i'm yeah. positive i can live with it i mean it's just it's going to be great oh it's going to be terrific once i saw them uh saw the proof when the proof came back to me you know i saw i had samples of each backdrop on the on the proof so i was able to judge the color on all three and they I mean, it just looked absolutely brilliant. And it just goes to show you that. Um, printing matters. <laughs> print, printing really, really matters. Yeah, it's not like go to Kinko's and you know get a couple of prints made. No, you, if you really are serious, <clears throat> serious about it, you have to find someone who knows what they're doing. A printer that really, really knows what they're doing and, and does high quality work. And this particular one does tremendous work at a reasonable price, you know? You have a long history with them too. So. I do. They used to do, in the magazine I used to publish, Railroad Explorer, they, at the last couple of years of Explorer, they did all of the, um, the scanning of the slides, which was, you know, um, major like that's like either you get it right or you don't um, right. so they, they used to do tremendous drum scanning and this is old school technology and um from there we went to i don't know which backdrop it was that i had printed first by them but i mean it just it was like rapid fire you know they just did just such good work oh, you mean andover wasn't the first no no i don't know they did I don't recall the, no, Andover was definitely not the first backdrop they did. I mean, I think if I'm thinking about this correctly, I think every backdrop that's currently up was done by Cornerstone Graphics. Oh, wow. Every, every one, you know, all the huge, the Madrid, all that stuff is all done by Cornerstone, every one of them. Hmm. And I, I can't, the order of when they were done, I don't really recall. The, all the backdrops of New Sharon at well you know at uh the farm everywhere they did every single one of them there's not one backdrop on there um that they didn't do unless i'm misremembering <laughs> but i don't think so um so yeah they've they've done great great work and i've seen you know i've done backdrops for you know you for neil and um, everybody everybody it's just they <laughs> do really really great great work and um and i've seen bad backdrops i've seen print jobs that were just so you know, so screwed up and, you know, it's like, oh man, it's just, that's, that stinks. The right backdrop makes all the difference in the, in mm -hmm. the and, yeah. and you're almost better off with a non backdrop than a bad backdrop. I mean, that seems obvious, but I had to say it. Well, it's true. Um, because, you know, you don't want, once you put up a backdrop, it's just like putting up a model. It's, it's even more right. so because it's like, it's really strange how it works. You know, um, the backdrop looks so real because it is okay these are real they're not models of build so the uh, martin spur thing that i'm working on i've got that brick 
factory building that's on the backdrop in addition, right. in addition to some homes. And when you look at that and you say, I could never replicate that in a 3D building. I could right. build, you know, have someone build a beautiful brick factory. It's not going to look as good as the one on the backdrop because. Well, that's why Lance Minheim, way in advance of this, was doing a lot of buildings yes. with photos. That's right. Uh, kind of brown graking the way the way yes. he did it and very, very effective. You know, he was taking a yeah. photo of a street. Mm -hmm. and printing that and putting that down that's right killer you know well, it's so amazing you just can't get the texture of whether it's siding clabbered or brick or stone whatever the heck it is you can't model it you can model right. it and look, make it look really nice but it's never going to look as real as the real thing even in a photograph so his tech you know the way he did that was groundbreaking and so you know so getting back to the point if you're going to do a backdrop you better it's got to be good because it will look really bad if the print job is lousy right really look bad but, but that's why i think that you know karen keeps worrying that i'm going to run out of uh you know giant projects to do and i'm going to be bored with the layout and i just can't no. say to her that you never if you're a creative no. person you never run out of things you can do to make your layout better and, and improve upon it and Oh yeah. It doesn't uh, the only reason I've been doing giant projects is that I'm not getting any younger. You know what I mean? I needed to get <laughs> I needed to get back to where I wanted to be as quickly as possible while still enjoying the process. And I think honestly, I think I nailed that because there wasn't one time where it felt like drudgery to me. You know, it just well, when you in it and enjoy it. Yeah. And, well, when you made the decision to to build on you know, to be, you know, to expand the space to significant. I mean, you had, you have to be all in once you do that. And so. the layout always felt cramped to me, believe it or not, in the old, in the old basement. Mm, and, okay. and now it feels more like, like when I walk around in, 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 in your basement, you know, you know, how you can kind of roam around your, your basement and yeah. get lost. <laughs> a little bit, I guess. I mean, to me, it's I don't not mean actually lost, but you know what I mean? Like you feel like you're going somewhere. And yeah. Yeah. And now it feels that way here too. You know what I mean? Like when you're going somewhere, it takes you a while and you're traveling right. and you, you feel like you're going from, from place to place, you know, and right. when, you, when you leave Allentown and, you know, ultimately you get, you get up to Pittston Yard to do your thing. You know, you, you may have already, you know, you've already made a, a, a set off at, at Mahoopany and uh, you know, you're, you're, you just have this sense of, hey, you know, by the time you get to, to your, your opposite staging point, you've mm -hmm. worked the job. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you've yeah. Done. It, it's, it's like a couple hours later when you're by uh, yourself. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I think I think we're, you know, I think we touched on this the last time we talked. We're very, we're very lucky. Very for, I, lucky is not the right word, but fortunate in yep. that we have the space to, um, to do what we've done and uh it works and for me you know it, it, it I, I got i think i got ruined by the allagash and, and <laughs> well if you were truly ruined by the allagash experience you would have carpet on the floor and i know eventually you will because <laughs> you always yield to my constant nagging so someday a matter of time we're going to have an in-person conversation about the obstacles i face with that here yeah I, I you need no to point and say what do we do about this you know, you know, it's funny. Um, and I could just, just, I don't know, doubt there are obstacles there always are, but I will relay quickly, um, just a, uh, anecdotal sort of little story about the carpeting here, because when you talk about operating part of the, um, 
the pleasure of it is being comfortable and that's on the you know comfortable on your feet because standing on concrete yep is just and my feet not, are in worse shape so i get feasible. it yeah, it's just not feasible even if you have mats those are fine but for me <clears throat> when i go down in the room i the carpet to me is just like it looks like a finished room oh yeah but, but it's funny um you don't have to have it wall to wall. So when I had the guys come out to do this carpeting, you just need it behind the curtain. Yeah. And they, they came in and he said, he drew a plan and he said, I've never done a room like this before. He'd never, never seen a model railroad like this before. And he'd never done carpeting in a room like this, where he actually had to draw the, the whole space out and, you know, provide carpet in the aisles only to be hidden by the curtain. So they had to go under the uh, fascia by a few inches, you know, just to have an overlap. But it was just like he said, no, no problem at all. No, it was not a problem, not an obstacle. They said, we can do it. Not a problem. We don't have to do, you know, they went around the legs. I didn't have to do a damn thing. And uh, it's remember when you were here last and you were doing the dirty crawl to pop up and, and, and work at Avoca Yard. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. How do yeah. you do that with carpeting? I mean, come on. I, I look at my floor where I've done scenery and this paint spills and what have you that came in. And I just think I would just mess it the hell up. No, 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 you wouldn't. Not at this stage, you wouldn't. No, no. I mean, I've done, um, I think, you know, in fairness, the majority of my, well, I, I shouldn't say that. The carpet here has been here for a while. I mean, it was, I got flooded out in 2006, the Mother's Day flood, the 100-year flood, which yep. the first batch of carpet had to get ripped out and then replaced. So this has been in since like 2007, 2008, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and I've done a lot of scenery. I, I think what I've done is I just, I bought these tr these huge canvas drop cloths and I, ha I still have them here and I use them one over by the spray booth there. Um, but so I think I, in areas where the stuff would be coming, raining down, I, I um you know, I simply put one of those down. I didn't really worry about it because I'm like, you know what, whatever. I think I've got two or three locations where I got a single little drop of black paint when I was painting like under, uh, you know, under the layout, the black, the walls or, or fascia or something. But by and large, it's it's a dark gray. It's just I, I've never had a problem with it. You know, my, um, my work style might be more akin to Neil's than yours in that regard then. <laughs> I can show you some photos I have from years ago when no, no, I was a kamikaze, uh, not to offend anybody here if, with that term, but I was a, a crazy man when I used to do scenery, it was the floor was my garbage can and it, and it would go on for a week or two weeks or three weeks, however long. And I would simply throw stuff on the floor. It was horrible. I mean, but so there was no cleanup procedure. Um, and, you know, it was rapid fire, very fast pace. So I, I think it's just a matter of the key thing with carpet is not to spill like paint in quantity on there. It's, it's the liquids. Yeah. And, and, liquids. and you know, the, my yeah. scenery style is such that despite my best efforts, I often have, have leaks when I, when I, when I least um, expect it. Oh, you put down it's not too much a ballasting thing, but you know, when you're doing the diluted paint thing, I mean, it happens. You put down a drop cloth under the area, slopping the paint around. It's really not a big deal. And as far as like the uh, dirt and scenery materials that falls on the carpet, you just you vacuum it up. You just, you know, it's not a big deal. It's it's pretty durable. The key is um, to get the carpet that's 
you know, the cheapest I have, it's the cheapest grade they had, but the ba the best pad, best the pad, padding yeah. is the best and the carpet is just, you know, real thin. So, and that's makes it so, so comfortable. You can be down there for all day long and never get fatigued, you know, on the legs. So, but anyway, that's uh, I digress. It's something to, to consider down the road and all that stuff. So, so let's talk a little bit about, about sound, because there's a couple of things going on that, um, are, are, are upping, upping the game a little bit. Um, that, uh, I watched that night video that you posted, uh, with, with great interest. And, and in yeah. fact, I, I would love it if you put that video on crew call as well, just so different sure. people can, can, can see it. Yep. Um, I mean that it just, I know, mm -hmm. you know, you meant about the graininess a little bit, you know, but that video just <laughs> works, man. It just works. There's yeah. That's... A couple of reasons it works. It works the two things i want to talk about here one is locomotive speaker upgrade the, the right scale right. sound speakers that we've been using sure and i want i'll have you know i was up till 1 a.m last night in the model shop doing <laughs> doing five locomotives oh boy <laughs> yep now i get this i get this other box of locomotives from this finicky customer of mine so i gotta get on that <laughs> yeah and uh the, and, and um, then the and then the ambient sound of the train. I was yeah. explaining this to my wife this morning. How by by by, and I'll let you talk about it in more detail. But I, I I told her I said you know, usually on a model railroad when the engines go by for a while, it gets immediately a lot less interesting because the sounds that a model train makes on the layout aren't that interesting and aren't that compelling. You know what I mean? Right. So sure, sure. usually you you take off and follow your power, which obviously if you're the engineer, you should, but if you're just watching the train, you, you tend to do that too. Right. By introducing the sound that you did, you want to stand there and watch the whole train go by. It's like completely mm. different. Yeah. So why don't you yeah. talk a little bit about how you did that? Because I tell you what, I've been thinking full time how I can sensibly implement that here. Yeah. So for people who haven't seen the demonstration, you can, I can either post the videos to crew call or people can go to the Allagash Railway Facebook page, join the group and um, Allagash Facebook group and join and see the, the video demonstrations on there. So um, I've been thinking about this for a while. I think I first started doing it several months ago and then left it for a while and came back to it. And now it's a full-time part of my operating sort of regimen here. So um, essentially what is missing is kind of speak to this on a global basis in terms of what's good about sound and what's lacking. You know, locomotive sound has come a long way and is really quite good. We use loc sound 100%, Matt Herman and company have done an awesome job they've got an amazing catalog of prime movers so if you're a if you're a gearhead a motorhead a diesel guy and you know your difference between a 251.6 and a fdl 8 and etc cetera, etc cetera, it's, it's fantastic we have a huge selection of stuff however that's only part of the sound experience if you're track side and it's been completely lacking none of the sound manufacturers have come up with anything 
other than tsunami sound car years back which to me is not a really a, a solution that really works for the average modeler so i always maintain there had to be something better a better way to do this so i came up with something which may be considered rather rudimentary but for me it works really really well and i think for the average person would work great um so in years past i used to shoot videos of um i used to go out rail fanning and shoot uh, trains and had a, a large library of um, high def videos so i was able to um and, and in those videos i had a lot of different things i had switching and industrial stuff and road stuff and blah 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 so i created an audio file from those by ripping the audio portion of the video out there's a program i have that actually takes the audio file from the video and isolates it into an mp3 so I had a bunch of these MP3s. I had a whole catalog of them. Mike, you still there, by the way? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. So I had a whole catalog of these MP3s. Um, and what I did was I, I took them and put them into um, my video editing program and created a loop of about an hour long uh, of these audio files. multiple recordings. Oh, yeah, yeah. That. Many, many recordings. Uh, okay. Yeah, many recordings. So there's a lot of natural variety. I guess it makes variety. sense. It doesn't make an hour for a train to go by, so duh. Yeah, this is a lot of different, a lot of different. It might be six or seven or eight. I'm not really sure. I don't remember yep. the number, but it was a lot. And they were all of about average speed. So the trains were working in an industrial setting, switching or moderate. They weren't, dun -dun 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 -dun, you know, on a, a 40 miles an hour on a main line. Right. I have those as well, but I haven't done anything with them yet. So um, I created this hour long file and I've posted that to YouTube. Now it's public for anybody who wants to, to use it. Um, and essentially because it's an hour long, it just runs continuously and the sound is variable. The types of sounds vary from really heavy uh, flange squeal to rail, you know, all kinds of ambient noises you hear coming, basically coming from the freight cars and coming from the track when you're standing next to a train. Um, so everything you're imagining in your head when you when you're running your model train, but you don't hear. That's right. Yeah. So this video, it's a video file on YouTube, but essentially it's an it's just audio. Um, so with that, I just to give you an example, just to explain how it works. I purchased a, a Bose um, SoundLink speaker, so it's like a, a big speaker. You know, and it's uh, Bluetooth, a Bluetooth speaker that um, it's one of the older ones. So this one actually has a remote control, a little remote control, about four inches high. That's that, the key. Yeah. And it happens to be this exact same height of a UT4R th radio throttle Digitrax. So this little remote control sits on the back of my UT4R throttle. It's Velcroed on there. And you play go to the you know, take the ipad in my case when i in my case it's an ipad or whatever the device you're using call up the youtube video play it and just let it play and link it to the speaker so the speakers and then you know the sound is coming out of the speaker and use the remote control which is on the back of the throttle to turn the volume up and to turn it down basically fade it bleed it in and bleed it or fade it out uh with the uh, movement of the freight cars and it works flawlessly. I mean, like, it's almost like on demand train sound. That's right. So you start pulling on a cut. Say you're in a yard, you're switching, you rev the engine up, you idle, you know, go from idle, you go up to notch two, three, you start to pull on that cut of cars. 
you're listening to the engine like you always do, like we always have done, and then nothing else happens. You're just listening to the engine all the time. Well, that start to bleed in the volume by just reaching around to the back of the remote uh, with your finger, and you hit the plus, and it. The thing is, with the remote, it the the sound fades in. You know, it doesn't just go up. You know, you have to hold it there and you know point it right at the in the general vicinity of the speaker. And it starts to fade in. So the sound comes up naturally, quiet, you know, from quiet to as loud as you want it, really. Find the sweet spot and just let it ride. Then you you finish your cut and then you bleed it down. You just take the volume down with the minus on the on the um basically as the train is slowing down, you're fading it out. You just time it. I'm it's become so so second nature to me that it's I, I nail it every time. It's not a it's almost a it's almost perfect at this point so the last thing you hear is the brake application on the locomotive and it stops so what's happening in the background is that audio file is continuing to play so you may not make another move for say another five minutes you may not do anything the doesn't next matter. time doesn't matter next time you make a move the audio file or the video the file is still it's wherever it is in the sequence so the next round of sounds you'll hear will be compete could be totally different when you start to make your next move and your next move and your next move. Um, and that's why it needed to be an hour long. So you could, um, you know, not have to constantly reset it. So it's just, it's one of those things where this is almost too, too easy. It's too stupid sounding to be able to work, but it does. It works really well. Last night I was running, um, I was running and I, I've actually, as you can see in the video, I've, I've taken it out of the yards. I, my initial sort of thought on this would just be stationary, um, but it's actually a mobile solution. So it's very important to point that out. This is, you got to think in real simple terms here because most people, when they think about ambient sounds, they're thinking, oh, geez, I got to hook up speakers under the railroad all over the layout. And I got to, you know, use these uh, Arduinos, whatever they're called to uh, you know, fire this and fire that. This is crazy stuff. This is so simple um, and it works so well um, because you're using a really good audio file, which I've provided. It's, it's out there in the public domain. Anybody can use it. It's about as good as anybody's gonna get. This is really good audio. This is not some chintzy compressed sound. This is killer stuff. So when you play it through a good speaker, like a Bose SoundLink speaker, that's got some heft to it. Um, it sounds dynamic. It's like, what? I can't even believe I've been missing this for this long. So I've actually taken it on the road with me now. So I'll be, say I leave the yard in Madrid with the train. Like last night, I'm running in the dark, which makes it even more magical because <laughs> you don't even see the damn speaker. It's not, you don't even know it's there. Um, so I take it, I'm like, I'm going to set this thing up down at the farm. Or I, I think it was a northbound. No, it was a, a train coming up the mountain. So I put it right at Carthage, as you saw in the video. Right. I ran the train up the hill, just engines. Once it got by the station, I start activated the, um, just hit the volume control, brought it up. And all of a sudden the freight cars, the engines are going away from me, behind me now. And the freight cars start to make their noise. And like you said, you don't have to follow the engines. You just, I'm going to stay here and watch this train go by and listen to all this fantastic clutter and clank and squeal and then move on to the next spot so that was shot with the gopro yeah that was with the gopro yeah which picks up the sound now in that case i i should have actually made the, the two i did previously at night a few weeks back or whenever those are better the, the one at weld with the crossing flashes the gravel train i think it was um 
because I didn't have it quite loud enough last night. There's a, in order to get it on for the GoPro to really hear it well, you really got to crank it up. So I was Hon doing honestly it. when I when I I listened to it, you know, on the on the computer in the model shop, which yeah. the audio is through the you know the big speakers, so the audio is really good there. Sure. And um, didn't bother me at all. I okay, thought, good. good. I thought it was I thought it was damn near perfect. Um, Mm. To the point it, where I just, you know, you halfway through it and just think, "Friggin' yeah. Pantalone did it again." You know, <laughs> I am a madman. It's just what I do. These are the kinds of things I. That's generally I, accepted. I, just, I, I don't. Yeah, I just don't <laughs> accept mediocrity. It's like the guitar and amp stuff. I've, you know, you know how it is. I, we could talk about that. It's like oh, we, tone, we could have an entire changes. podcast just on your tone. Yeah, we're not yeah, gonna do that. it's crazy. But this is yeah, this is along the same lines because, and that's why over the years, you know, working with Matt at Loke Sound and even before that, soundtracks, you know, get trying to get get this as good as it can be because it's that it does take the railroading, uh, the model railroading experience to a, a very, a, a different level, a higher level. This I, I will say I'm more than happy to have you do the heavy lifting on these things. Not a problem. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't mind doing that really because. Um, well, let me ask you this. Cause I had a couple of questions about it because naturally um, like, I don't think I'd ever look at a model railroad video without that now and think, yeah, that's fine. Uh, it's yeah. basically ruined that kind of thing. So I, I've got to be able to do this. So one of the things I want to do uh, soon is uh, is test it on my wife's uh, Bluetooth speaker, which I can do pretty easily. Uh, I want to see how it sounds on that speaker. It's a good little speaker, but I, it's probably not as beefy as the Bose. I just want to see how it hits me. You know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, beyond that, I can see where if you're if you're running solo, if you are shooting a video, got to do it, right? Now, how do you think that would would uh, work in an obsession environment? Like, what are the issues there? Well, I think in an obsession environment, um, probably not. I, 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 honest, I honestly haven't thought that through, to be honest. I haven't really said, well, how are we going to make this so that every, first of all, I don't know if, everybody's going to be interested in this. I think of our operating crew, some of the people, they're not going to give a crap about this. They don't, it doesn't matter to them, you know? So what do you think JJR is going to be there with his remote volume? No, no, definitely not. <laughs> no. no, that's fine. And so this isn't for everybody. It's just right. for those who want to enhance the experience. And I think. What about Posick? I, I mean, has he heard? Oh yeah. It, it hit him. It hit him. Yeah. It takes a lot to impress Joe. You know, he's not one who just, you know, he doesn't, one of these he's not like me where i get all crazy and ah that's awesome you know he's pretty laid back and reserved in his assessment and in his uh uh he takes but things joe and i get along just fine yeah yeah and he but he um he was impressed he was very impressed with it you know and it doesn't it's one of these things i'm telling you when you hear it in person when you see it and hear it in person you think you like it in the video you're going to be absolutely just starstruck when you see it in person or hear it in person because it's you know you're actually sitting you're operating you know and then like you said if you take it away i think it stinks frankly <laughs> it's it really uh, it's it just is like whoa this really stinks you know now you gotta have it yeah it's that's it's, the problem with raising the bar now it's up there 
Exactly. So getting back to your question in a, a group operating session, um, see, the only thing I'm not a techie and I figured this stuff out, right? I'm not a technically savvy person. I mean, I'm not untechnically savvy, but I'm not a super technically savvy person. I still use a flip phone. I know what a smartphone is. I know how to use it. My wife has one for, you know, for work. We have iPads and things, but I'm not a tech person, but I figured this out. So I'm not sure like if you can have multiple devices linked to or Bluetooth to the same, or excuse me, multiple speakers linked to the same um, file. Like I, su on I submit, I submit that's not, that's not my biggest problem. So mm -hmm. thinking about it, you know, I walk around with an actual phone so uh, I can get yes. onto uh, YouTube and be playing that video right off my phone, which is always in my pocket. Right. And I could envision a scenario where, let's say you were working at, I don't know, uh, Tawanda, right? Yep. So if you had a Bluetooth speaker there, mm -hmm. you simply attach to it. And then when you had done it, Tawanda, and you head out of town, disconnect from that Bluetooth speaker. And when you get to your next place, you just attach to that Bluetooth speaker. It's really, really easy. For me, the thing I haven't been able to yet solve is the volume control. Yeah, so just real quick on the uh, Bluetooth. So you're saying this, and again, I should know this because I have I have you can more attach than and detach to a Bluetooth device very easily. Well, I know it's. I'm not concerned about the detaching and attaching it, but I have two Bose speakers here. Um, one I use downstairs, and one I use upstairs when I'm on the treadmill when I'm working ah. out. So, like in the iPad, it recognizes one or the other, and it you know it links to it. So you're saying you can have ten speakers, ten Bluetooth speakers anywhere around the layout and just attach to them at will you, at will so but see okay. here's the okay. so here's the rub so in your case and mm -hmm. i don't i don't have an answer to this yet in your case that remote is it the same remote that works on either speaker or do you have two different remotes well the one i have that i'm using downstairs now for this scenario is an older bose sound link speaker okay and it has a remote the newer ones don't have remotes so and i just purchased i just purchased two more remotes from ebay brand new ones for the old for that same speaker so i think and i know other people have used this i've seen videos of people using this already doing what i don't know how they're doing it frankly you just need a way um, to increase the volume and decrease the volume so it's not a question of and, and i know you're you know, not so a tech the, but since, you know, since I have to use the phone anyway, I'm just wondering if there's a way that I can just do that right on my phone. And that's what I'm going to fool around with, you know? Well, um, my solution here is going to be a little different from, from the way you do it. If I yeah. could find a Bluetooth speaker that sounded really good mm -hmm. and then put it in, I don't know, four locations, let's say. Sure. Um, but I could control the volume, not on the speaker, but on the phone, because I'm using the phone to attach to it, then I've kind of solved my volume control problem. I thought you and I talked about a better solution where you actually had a rheostat at each location that would control the volume of that speaker that was at that I location. Thought, I thought about that. Um, that's obviously a lot more work, although once you set it up, you're, you know, you're, you're set up. But 
that's how you control the volume of the speaker. But now you need to get the sound into whatever's powering those speakers, right? So you've solved one problem and now you've introduced another. So you have to have, like I would have to have uh, an amplifier that's coming off of the computer, which is playing the, the sound file and have that amplifier run all those speakers, which I can do, you know what I mean? But again, it's a lot more, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a 1980s way of doing it as opposed to, yeah. I should at least try how how one would do it now and i could do that easily by just borrowing my wife's bluetooth speaker and seeing how it is to interact with it you know like ken k would be all over that because he's mr phone you know um i'm not one of these people who who you know everything revolves around my phone no so, me either yeah phones uh, you know what i've said I'm more so than you are you know i'm, I'm kind of yeah. one foot in each world so i just have to see how it hits me because you know, you're juggling a throttle, you're juggling a phone. I know you've got yours glued to the back of your tiny little throttle. Right. I right. like my Atari paddles. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, well, you can, um, uh, well, here's, here's the thing. So the question is then, if it's via Bluetooth, does, does a Bluetooth speaker have the ability for the volume to be controlled by other than the phone or the device itself? So well, see, I think that, I think probably that, I can just use the volume control right on YouTube. You know what I mean? I, I think, or, or mm. maybe on the phone itself. In other words, I know we're sounding like a couple of old guys here. Some, some teenager listening to this would go, oh, for crying out loud, Gramps, you just do this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, I, but I haven't done it yet. You know what I mean? No, I, it, I have a it, feeling it'll, it'll be obvious when I try it. Well, it's so when I listen to music on the iPad and I'm working out on the treadmill, there's a volume control on the, Bluetooth on the file speaker. on the yeah. well there's two there's on the file on YouTube or I, I keep the Bluetooth cranked up and I control the volume from the iPad however well, there you go that's what I'm talking about but that doesn't but it's got to be you have to be able to you have to be able to do this you know while you like you said you know operating a throttle and and all that so it needs to the, the remote thing and I'm not saying there's a limitless supply of Bluetooth speakers out there with remotes, but there are, you know, there's gotta well, be a bunch I mean of on Amazon after that, you know, after we, after our first conversation about that. And the problem is not, you know, the number of Bluetooth speakers with remotes. The problem is how do you know if it's any good? How do you evaluate what that remote physically is like? I mean, the days where you could walk into a store and, you know, demo, a whole bunch of stuff. It's just, you know, they don't, nobody has anything anymore. You know what I mean? You have to order everything. Well, so you're seeing you saying you saw some Bluetooth speakers with remote. Lots of them. Oh, you did. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. See, and, I don't, and honestly, they've got them from 40 bucks to a thousand bucks. They have them in, well, they have them in, literally, they have them in every price point that you want to spend it at. So I'm surprised that there's remotes available on, on stuff like that. Now that's sort of a, a dated thing, I think. Uh, but uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Bose does not have remotes anymore. My, my brother-in-law, as you know, uh, Susan, Susan's brother, Phil, was the president of Bose. So we used to grill him all the time about this stuff. And he's, I mentioned to him what I was doing. And he said, nobody needs he it. Says, they all no, with no. He says, that's oh, old. That's one of the original sound links. That's, that's going back a ways, you know. Right. But um, And there's a the risk in, in, in hanging your, your, your hat on older technology like that because 
if the thing craps out on you or the remote is no good anymore, you're not going to be able to use it. Now what? You know what I mean? So well, that's a that's a val- that's a valid concern. I'm you know, I'm collecting these additional remotes here just to make sure. I think the speaker is probably safe. I don't think anything's going wrong. But who the hell knows? You know, it doesn't technology moves on. Look what you had to do does. with your wireless. Right. You had, right, to, right. had to basically toss the old system. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a valid concern. I think that it the the concept is sound. It's very, very simple. It's, it's a mobile solution. The quest, the only question is volume control. And that is really, it, it just, like you said, there's probably people out there saying, oh, this is easy. I could figure this out in two seconds for this, even for a modern, you know, phone into a modern Bluetooth speaker. Uh, that's all you need to do is control the volume and make it uh, convenient to do so. Right. My, my only concern problem. is how awkward it would be to juggle the throttle and the freaking phone you know what i mean i it's it's like i mean it's when i'm shooting video it's like okay i'm trying to you know start the train realistically start the start the uh, the gopro and uh even even yeah is like a two different things that shouldn't exist in my brain at the same time right the only thing i would suggest if it's going to be from the phone if the volume is going to be from the phone which i don't know how that works you know if uh if you're it might be as simple as the physical volume control on the side of the phone in which case that's easy but if i have to like you know go into the app and and you know what i mean put my glasses on and look for the 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 volume control in the browser eh, it has to be it has to be tactile tactile this has to be tactile the first thing i'm going to try is to see if the if the uh, up down volume on the side of the phone does it, because if if that does what I want it to do, then that's cake. That's easy. Mm, yeah, yeah. I so again, um, it, I'm not I'm not an expert on like Bluetooth speakers. Like, do some of them actually have? I mean, one of the Bose speakers I have. Um, these the more modern one that we use all the time does not have a remote, but it has a volume control on the top. So it's a plus and a minus. It's similar to this older one, which uses a remote and right. then it's a fade in and fade out. Like it's one of those things you hold, you hold the plus. Yeah. To, you know what I mean? So well, that's what it's like on the side of a smartphone. So yeah. Yeah. If, so if, if while you're in that app, mm-hmm. it knows what to do and controls the Bluetooth speaker in that fashion. Right. And then, then we're good to go. You know, and then it's just a question of getting a good speaker you know, that's affordable yeah, that I can right. get multiples of them. And what I'd probably do at that point is, you know, get two and make sure that it's not onerous to connect and disconnect from it. I got to think that any Bluetooth speaker is going to sound fine because think about it. We're listening to these tiny little speakers on board the locomotives and sure. we're, you know yeah. what I mean? So any Bluetooth speaker is going to be much, much, much bigger and it's going to sound fine. I really the Bluetooth do. speaker that my wife uses was recommended to me by by my nephew, who is of the appropriate age to know what Bluetooth speaker to get. And yeah, um, right, she right. uses it when she she has her her uh, tablet at her piano. And what she'll very often do is go on to probably YouTube and 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 watch somebody playing a piece that she's learning so that she could see the fingering. But it, but the sound quality of it is important to her. Oh yeah. So. Sometimes when I'm upstairs and I hear the piano playing, 
I think, is that her or is that the speaker? And then if it's like, you know, super, uh, you know, uh, skill level, I think uh, it's probably not Karen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not a knock on her because usually right. she's learning the song, you know. Right, of course. So, yeah. but but I mean, that's what I'm saying. If not in front of it, it it sounds really good. So mm. it may be it may be all I need, and it's the right size, and it would be easy. I'd probably mount it just like right behind the, I guess behind the down low on the fascia or something like that. Well, what I would do is um, do this as soon as possible. Just do it. Just do it now before you decide not to go down that road. Just do it, because once you hear, well, the danger of it is if once you hear it in practice. Oh, I'm aware. You, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's one because, of the reasons I haven't yeah, done it yet. Right. You want to just it's another least, project. I know. Well, you know, it, again, it's one of those things where we're smart enough. There's enough of us in this, you know, and there's people out there listening that are smarter that can figure this out and make it. And, you know, I'm sure that the sound people, the sound manufacturers, you know, low sounds and soundtracks is another, maybe they're thinking of something like this, but I'm telling you what's going to happen is, you know, people are just waiting and waiting and waiting. Oh, when, when, when never it's, you know, when's it going to happen? I don't know. And is it going to be a highly complex system that needs requires a large investment? And is it going to be difficult to maintain? Is it going to sound as good as this? This is right. Not- simple as it gets you know i would i would prefer a solution that that has some legs that's that's done with current and and you know ongoing uh technologies i i I mean i I think i told you in the first conversation i could do this with 1980s technologies tomorrow yeah yeah right i don't think that's where i want to be because i think i'll I'll regret that you know at some point it's a lot of work and then and yeah, then, yeah. You know, I want to be able to do it from wherever I'm standing. I don't want to have to like go to the opposite end of the yard and t- t- turn a knob. You turn know? a knob, right? That's a bit of a pain. That's the thing about this. That for me, this combination of the speaker and the, the remote that happens to be the same size of the throttle, and it's. I mean, I'm a guitar player, so I have my fingers are coordinated. I just wrap around the back, and I just. It's easy. It's literally really, really easy. Um, now I'm not saying. It's, you know, not everybody's going to have the same remote and the same speaker, but the concept is there. Right. And, um, it, you know, it's just a matter of finding the right tools within this sort of broad concept to make it work. I've provided the audio file. Nobody yeah. out there who wants to do this has to worry now. I've, you know, and that's. Well, know, that's what makes it possible. That's right. Because because right. basically anybody not doing it with your audio file would be reinventing the wheel and lost. I, yeah, why do that lost. yeah then there's no nobody's going to come up with an audio file that's better than this i'm, I'm telling you right now this is and you've graciously this, provided it to the yeah, i don't the, whatever the world know. so let's let's let everybody enjoy it you know because um and it, you know i also have recordings of trains at speed you know um but I'm not going down it's that the next road. frontier. We have to, we have to uh, walk before yeah. we run. I think maybe, I think this one happens to work really well for trains, either switching or trains that are on the main line, but not doing 40, they're doing 25. And, you know, you know, it, for my railroad, it works really well. And I think for yours and most, it probably would work fine. It, it's not going to work for, you know, someone that's on a high speed main line. It's just, right. you know, this is for old, this is for sort of typical. I run Northeast. a mountain railroad. I think this one's going to be fine for my main line. Oh yeah. I think so. I think it really will. Um, so but I predict you'll, anyway. uh, you'll wake up uh, one morning with a, with a wild light in your eyes and you'll be ready to do the main line. Faster. Well, no, more important, 
more importantly than that is the coupler crash that I and I've told we've talked about that and that I, I haven't been able to figure out how to do that because I have a a killer sequence of a coupler crash. Those two freight cars coupling, not locomotive to freight car, but two couple uh, two freight cars coupling, and um, handbrake application. I have right. that all. Recorded. That's what we need Lokesound to work with us on, and and if you could trigger that with a with a function, you know what I mean. Then that now you're talking. I don't know. I can't really comment as to what they may or may not be working on. I know I provided all these sound files to to them several years ago and so i don't really know what's going i think they have some some decoder that does something but i don't know the specifics of it i don't know well, where the they are is how you interact with it right don't know, had, don't know. we haven't yeah. had the same kind of full throttle interaction uh on on that aspect of it so who knows no no who knows but this works now i mean it's no there's no more waiting so so i would encourage you to just try it try that just don't worry about the coordination of it so much just play the the audio file and um switch some cars and, and see how it hits you you, you know think and you could get get away with on off or does it need to be a fade out um well i think i think you could get away with it i mean it's not going to be as convincing it'll be a little more abrupt however you know in in uh, where you are in the file too well Yes, you can be. A, there's some parts of the file that are not silent, but pretty close to silent, where there's not much going on. All of a sudden, then bam, you know. Yeah. But in all, uh, you know, uh, that said, the in reality, sounds don't blend in and fade in and fade out. They start abruptly. So I think you could, I think you could easily get away with that, actually, um, especially on the out. You know, well, I, no, I think I think you can get away with it. I really do. I think you could. In other words, if you set the volume at the sweet spot and simply paused the audio file and played the audio file, pause, play, pause, play, pause, play, I think that would be a easily uh, sort of a, a solution that would um, be optimum enough. You I'm know? really looking forward to playing with it. And um, if, I, if I find that... Um... I'm doing something that's share worthy. I'll, I'll shoot a video with it and, yeah. and post yeah, it, should. but no, yeah. it's not going to happen mm -hmm. tomorrow, but um, sooner than later, uh, maybe when my wife is taking a nap, I'll steal her. <laughs> just do it. What are you steal waiting for? Tablet and speaker and, and, uh, yeah, and just... haul it downstairs and see what I can do. Yeah. I mean, do you have the link to the file? I mean, it's just, it's on, think... put it on your, on your group, right? Yeah, it's on there. I think it's uh, if you type in YouTube, it's like. Well, I probably subscribe to you so I can, I can get it from your your YouTube channel. I mean, what, no, it's not on. It's on Susan's. I gave everybody the link to it. Um, OK, so I don't remember. You emailed I, it probably, right? I, uh, well, I put it on Facebook. It's yeah, on the, put it on crew call for me, please. And, and yeah, that, would, be, that yeah. would be great. Once you see the uh, the show go up, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. you know, put, put it on there and that'll make it easy for me to find it, too. Yeah, I think you'll find it very interesting and, um, you know, sort of like uh, one of those, boy, oh boy, this is this is a bit of a game changer. Yeah, you know? it's really, an overused phrase, but it does uh, apply. Yeah, it does. Yep. So. All right. I know you have to get going. Um, hopefully the next time that uh, we're having one of these conversations, we'll be talking about um, our impressions of the uh, the, the last uh, small get together. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Springs eternal. 
That sounds good. Well, it was good chatting with you, Mike, as always. And yes. uh, um, hope everybody in, enjoy the conversation. There's always stuff to talk about. Just like the other day when I said, I don't know what I have to talk about. There's plenty to talk about. There's always something to talk about. That literally blew my mind because I thought, is he kidding? I was just in a, I was just having, I must have been grumpy that day. That you afternoon. were, boy. I was just grumpy. <laughs> you must have been hungry. Well, hungry, grumpy, tired, got whatever it was. It was a combination of, of uh, conditions I, that. I live with someone who has the same constitution. And yeah. From gardening. Get mm-hmm. out of the way. She's right. Line for some food. There you go. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk soon. All right, everybody. Talk to you next month. <laughs>